What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast that is being recorded while yet again the Texas Rangers are in first place ahead of the Houston Astros. But in things that really matter, for ministry training that prioritizes both the Great Commandment and the Great Commission, we would encourage you to consider Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Southwestern Seminary equips students in living their calling, seeking to glorify God through Christ-centered education that encourages academic excellence and faithful ministry preparation. They're grace-filled, Christ-centered, scripturally grounded, confessionally guided, student-focused, and globally engaged. You can learn more about Southwestern Seminary's recently reaffirmed core values at swibbits.edu forward slash core values. And since we are recording this right before you and I head to New Orleans, we would also encourage you to make it a point to stop by the Southwestern booth at the SBC annual meeting. If you're going to be there, stop by. They're going to have some great swag, and uh, and you'll want to say hi. Uh, my daughter is there right now. is wrapping up worship camp. Awesome. Um, it was a last minute. Uh, she's actually going in place of Sarah Barber, uh, Bart Barber's uh, daughter, uh, who had been injured in an epic youth ministry game uh and so you know that's not great for job security i know that cameron will be listening to this uh so cameron bro like bro what were you thinking hey hey we love cameron cameron's doing a great job by the way and uh, we love student pastors and our next episode is going to feature vbs camp all of that kind of stuff you know kids ministers youth pastors all of those guys uh and gals during the summer uh, usually get on the front burner. And uh, so we're going to talk about that. The summer is a great time for kind of reconnecting as, as, you know, the different groups start moving up and getting ready for the next year with back to school bashes, all of that. So we're just going to talk about kind of the summer heyday uh, next week. Uh, but Kyle, dude, it's good to see Morning, you. Matt. I'm good kind you. of looking forward to seeing you next week. Uh, actually, I don't know that I'll get to see you a whole lot. I, I, I was going to say, I, I, you're going to be busy. I'll be, uh, I'm working the NAM booth a, a few times. It, it was uh, funny. I said, Bart, like, I just tell me, like, what do you need from me? <laughs> and he said, I need you by my side the entire time. I'm like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> while you're at the band, like, while you're at the mic, like, I'll stay. I'll be, I'll be that guy. I'll just put my, I'll be the Craig Colbreth for him. Like, just, <laughs> hey, stop it. You're talking too much. Uh, let, let me be up there during the sermon. Like, let me just walk up and, and tap you on the shoulder when you go longer than 25 minutes. Uh, no, it's going to be a great time. Bart has has led us so well. Uh, what's been great also, I know we've highlighted this, Potluck here uh, has led us well as the Southern Baptist Convention president, whether it's Anderson Cooper early on as his, in his presidency through disaster relief. Uh, obviously, we've been celebrating some great milestone with NAM, IMB, uh, like something like 20,000 plus churches were planted last year through the IMB, almost a thousand replanted and planted through NAM. Two percent for cooperative program giving. Like Bart has led very well. And what's really cool is he's also led very well at home. We've got a great team, not including me. I am technically included that, but I don't consider myself uh, great. (laughs) But we do have a great team. But we have seen, I think, 26 baptisms 
since Bart was elected president. And uh, so apparently, if you want to see revival at your church and an increase in baptisms, just get your pastor elected as president. That's that's what it takes. Now, Bart has that's simple. Well that's it. Home, that's all you need. There's the magic bullet. Need. You know, that it's it just it really helps you major on what. Yeah. Major on the majors. I don't know. But I'm, I made a joke and it just completely failed. Like most of my things in life. Kyle, what are we talking about today before I get us in trouble? Well, Matt, it, it's something that uh, I think we both have um, some experience with and, and most pastors, I think, will as well. And that is we're, today we're talking about dealing with unreasonable people. And I, we've talked before about dealing with difficult people. But, but this is a little bit different. This is this is unreasonable people. This is based on a blog post that was written by um, my boss, Bob Bickford, at the Replant blog. And he's doing a series just kind of on some replant realities. And this was the first one that he chose to address is, is how you deal with people who just are will not go along with whatever. Whatever the thing is, they're again it. Kyle, are you describing the SBC annual meeting? Is this like a I'm not describing it. ahead of this? No, meeting? is that what you're really is trying not. to get after? Like, no, we, we just want to be on record. This is not a passive aggressive jab at right. anything to come on Tuesday and Wednesday. Surely not, right? Right, Kyle? absolutely not. Okay, no. Okay, I just want to make sure. I mean, because you sent this to me, and it's like, oh, I thought this was like a BP article ahead of the thing, <laughs> uh, and I thought that's what we were doing. No, we're not. Uh, this is a reality, man. We've all been there, and perhaps you are there right now with somebody. And when we said unreasonable people in the church, you immediately thought of, you know, the blame. someone, you know, yep. whatever family you're dealing with. And, and maybe as SBC, there's people that come to mind too. But we're focusing on the church. Everybody probably had somebody come to mind. Difficult people, unreasonable people, people. As Kyle said, they get it. No matter what you do. Jesus is Lord. No, he's not. Like, whatever it is, like, they are going to vote you down at every turn. You know, you do exactly what they want. Nah, should have done it earlier. Whatever it is, these are unreasonable people. And so we don't need to give a whole lot of examples because whatever we could give, you could probably outdo it if you're listening at home. And so think of that unreasonable person, that unreasonable family, that unreasonable whatever at your church. And then let's talk about how we deal with congregants like that who maybe stand in the way, and in the case of revitalization and replanting, uh, needed change. So there are a few P's because Bob Bickford, who has an alliterated name, is going to write alliterated articles. And there are four P's that he gives us. And the first one, as you would hope, is pray. Pray for him. I'll pray for you. Is that what he's saying? Uh, no, he's uh, he's he's saying you actually pray for them. Um, I mean, you, you pray that he would soften hearts. You pray that he would um, awaken that, that God would w- awaken them to what he wants to do in the church. Um, that he would give them a heart for their community. Um, and and I mean, you can tell them you're praying for them, but but it's more important that you actually just pray for them. Yeah. So not imprecatory prayers, by the way. <laughs> I wanted to point that out because as soon as I saw like break, I saw the word break in the article, like at least where it's on my computer screen, it's like the first <laughs> word in a line it says break. 
And I was like, break their teeth. Like David said that, like, <laughs> we're good with that. Or is that what he's saying? But no, God can move mountains and God can change hearts. And so sincerely, heartfelt prayers yeah. for them. And often for you, that can change your heart maybe towards them and and maybe change your attitude towards them and, and see things from their point of view or whatever it might be. But pray for those never adopters by name, you know, Kyle Beerman, uh, and, and pray often and with great passion. Mean it and, when you're praying for them. And, and pray honestly, right? I mean, you can let God know that you're frustrated with them. I don't think that's a secret to him. Um, but at the same time, then you pray for your own heart as well, yeah. that you wouldn't be bitter. Um, and that, that even if they're wrong in their stance, that there might be some criticisms or some concerns that they have that are valid that you don't want to ignore. And so, you know, along the same lines, pray and ask God to reveal that to you as well. If there's, if, if there's some truth to, you know, their, their hesitancy, hesitancy, um, that you wouldn't just gloss over that. Yeah, and and just a sidebar with that, I, I mentioned David. Uh, I highlighted this in our uh, study of the Psalms at uh, Mayhill Baptist, that one of the things that we can kind of applaud David for and emulate from David is his brutal honesty in prayer. Uh, like, I even catch myself sometimes, like, I'm praying, like, Sunday school prayers when it's just me, it's one thing at the dinner table or something like that. You know, God, thank you for this food. You know, bless it to the nourishment of my bodies as I eat this hurtado brisket nachos covered in cheese. Like, use this to strengthen my body. Uh, but, you know, we baptize it usually there. Man, in your prayer closet, be honest and vulnerable because God knows what you're dealing with. Be honest and show your need for him and your desperation for him to, to move. And, uh, and know that God can move mountains and he can change their hearts too. Number two, pastor, pastor, as a pastor seeking to lead your church through renewal, give time to those struggling to accept change. Explain with great patience the vision and the suggested course of action and reasons behind that forward movement. Invite them to come along with the rest of the church while clearly explaining that going with the church means accepting things they may not prefer. Pastor. Use the word pastor. What he's really describing is that pastor is shepherd there. Uh, you're guiding them. You're leading them. It may not change their, their mind. It may not change anything. Uh, they may still be those never adopters, but you do. They still are your member, and you're still called to pastor. You're still called to shepherd them. And also remember how often we know the way to go from Scripture by the good shepherd, and yet we still err. Many times. So keep that in mind. Kyle, any thoughts there on the pastor role? Yeah. One of our um, characteristics of effective replanters is um, having a love for the the church's remaining members, having a love for the legacy of the church. And um, I've heard Mark use a quote from Jared C. Wilson for uh, a long time that just simply says that the people who are in your church are not an obstacle to your ministry. They're they're not, you know, I just got to deal with these folks while I'm building this this new church. No, they are your ministry. They, they are the people that God has called to be there, to, is called to be, you know, if you're in a revitalization, a lot of them are the folks who are going to be a part of that. Um, and, and so you've got to love them well. Um, and that means 
loving even your critics, right? Shepherding even your critics. And I think Mark Halleck it, it, several years ago talked about pursuing your enemies, not, um, you know, not in order to break their kneecaps, but but pursuing them in love, pursuing your critics in love. And, and so understand that even the, um, you know, the church member or the deacon or whomever on a, on a Sunday morning that like just stares daggers at you while you're preaching. Um, if they're a part of your church, you are their pastor and, and you have a responsibility to shepherd them as best you can and as best that they will allow you to. Yeah. And, and it might just be that you need to spend a lot of extra time with that person. Um, and and here, here's what I've seen. If you have a critic in the beginning whom you win over through a relationship, through shepherding, um, they will they can become one of your staunchest allies. Um, but it takes time. Yeah. So Barther's hope for me. Um, <laughs> so number one, pray, pray a lot, pray hard, mean it. Pastor, shepherd them well, and then proceed. Uh, you you got to proceed. You can't stop with just that one naysayer, that never adopter, uh, yep. because you're never going to have full 100% support for every church initiative. Uh, I mean, look, my family can't even decide where to go eat. Uh, when, when it's, you know, Sunday afternoon, it's like, where do you want it? Well, I want Rivera's. I want jalapenos. I want beneath, like all of us have a different opinion and you've got a church of 50, a hundred, 500, a thousand, where two or more Baptists are gathered. What's the joke? You know, right. So yep. there's plenty of opinions to go around. And many times you're going to get the vast majority on board. You know, you'll certainly have those that you know, we'll follow you through thick and thin. Uh, you'll you'll win over a lot of those people kind of on the fence, but you're going to have some that will always be a no, no matter what you say. Yeah. And uh, some will move forward with you. Some will jump off the train. Uh, but if the majority of the church leadership and church body are in agreement about a strategy, a vision or an action, a thing you're trying to do, whatever, move on, go forward. Uh, you know, take some time to win them over. But if you can't, move forward. And, and then let's go right into that final one, uh, because it often leads to that. Prepare yeah. to say goodbye. Uh, yeah. When you proceed on blank, doing away with the bulletins, uh, you know, getting rid of the hymnals, putting up a, you know, the the projector up on the wall, uh, whatever it might be, whatever that decision is, uh, big or small, because sometimes the people will leave for the smallest of reasons. Uh, but usually that's like the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, but some of the most difficult conversations that Bob says uh, that he had were when church members who love Jesus and the church were just not able to walk with us towards the future. Uh, now, this is worth mentioning because I, there is that opinion that I think you and I share to some degree. Um, that sometimes there is that blessed subtraction. Um, but at the same time, that's not something to celebrate. It's a mournful thing, even even if it's ultimately good. I mean, we see in Scripture where people went two different ways, uh, and that being a positive thing. Uh, I think we're going to see that potentially next week at the SBC annual meeting. Uh, but uh, you know, we're this isn't the focus of the meeting. You know, our conversation today. But we're going to see that next week. That's not a time for celebration. Uh, that still should them. You know, with SBC with your church and somebody leaves, um, even if it's somebody that's kind of been in your way, annoyed you terribly and just kept you up at night many times. Maybe it's a sigh of relief 
but but it's not a time for celebration. It's not a party. Yay, they're gone. You know that. So so that needs to be said. But you, there will come a time where you have to say goodbye to that never adopter. Eventually, it's just too far, too many changes, whatever it is. Kyle, any thoughts there? No, you're you're right. So so the these two things together: proceed and prepare to say goodbye. Um, I, I like that Bob points out you'll never have 100% support for every church initiative. Um, and, and I dare say, even if you have a unanimous vote, that doesn't mean you have 100% support. Um, because there are probably some folks who have some reservations who are just unwilling or unable to vocalize those. So so even if you have everyone voting yes, there, there's probably still some reservations and you need to be cognizant of that. Um, but I, I would also say this, if if you're like, about to make a major change and you think you have like 51% of the vote, I would not proceed. <laughs> you got, so, so even proceeding doesn't mean you just like, you know, go straight ahead like a bull in a China closet, you know, and, and whoever's in my way is going to get run over. No, you, you might have to change directions a little bit as you proceed. Um, but you're still moving forward, moving towards the goal of, I mean, in this case, replanting, revitalization, seeing a once deadened or declining church brought back to life. And yeah, here's the reality. Not everyone who's there when you start is going to be there at the end. Um, there's a whole lot of reasons for that. I mean, some folks will get upset. Uh, some folks may say that's just not something they can do. Some folks may simply say, look, I understand the energy that this is going to take and I don't have it. I don't have the energy to be involved in this. Um, and, and yeah, so, I mean, you just need to understand that ahead of time. Some of those will be painful. Um, um, but as you mentioned, there is such a thing as addition by subtraction, but you don't want to, you're absolutely right. You don't want to celebrate that. You don't want to, you know, be giddy because someone left that that's, that's not a, that, that's not a good thing. It might be a positive thing in the long run, but it's, it's probably not a good thing in the in the short term certainly to brag and, and celebrate hey i ran this person off that's fantastic all right kyle so we need to pray we need to pastor shepherd our people well we need to proceed and ultimately at the end of the day you got to keep moving forward and then because of that you need to also prepare to say goodbye and on that note may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel we declare What's wrong with you people?